everyone, and welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 109, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. So, hello, YouTube. Uh, joining me, as always, Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. How are you, Richard? Hey, what's up, guys? What is up? Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all-around content creator for Magic the Gathering. Seth, how's it going? Uh, doing well. How are you guys? Doing well. And myself, Chaz, uh, just all-around content creator for Magic Gathering, focusing on the financial aspect. So let's just uh, jump right in. We have actually a really, really awesome uh, podcast this week. We got a bunch of stuff literally right before the cast. So we have full art. Uh, full art lands were confirmed for Amon Ket outside of the promos that were going to be given out at uh, FNM or Leagues. Um these will be inserted one in every four packs, uh, uh, roughly, that they said on the, the website and in other products. So we can only speculate as what those other products may be. Uh, we had some awesome uh, art uh, accompanying the, all these uh, product images for Amonkhet and as well as uh, Modern Masters 2017, where we got to see Stoic Angel... Domri Raid and Grizzlebrand on the, the packaging of the packs and also some new art highlighting the, the box art. Uh, we have some, some fish mail to address. We have the GPs to address. We have uh, Magic Digital Next uh, as a, a term that was now uh, made available to us through an article that, that we wanted to discuss. And um, we're going to be introducing a small segment uh, when we can uh, we like to provide uh, different, I guess, content for everyone that listens to the podcast. So this is going to be goal fishing, and it's really just Seth, Richard, and I talking about basically anything that we want to Magic the Gathering related. Just a kind of casual talk that we can just kind of fool around and you know be really relaxed. And so we wanted to at least give that segment to the listeners that sometimes you know, don't want to always hear about everything, you know, all this news that may not be as positive as uh, we would hope. So let's just jump right in. Full art lands and the packaging for Amonkhet and, and uh, Modern Masters 2017. Take it away, Seth. All right. So uh, we just got this announced this morning. It came out in an article and it was kind of some of this stuff was kind of hinted at over the weekend. There was a toy fair where Wizards apparently had a booth. But the big news is we are getting... Full art lands in Amonkhet, sort of. So there's a cycle of full art lands, and they're actually really sweet. They remind me of the Guru lands. They're not quite as awesome, but they each have kind of the same background art, but they're in different colors. The thing is, you get one in every four packs, so they're almost like rare lands in some way. Rare basic lands, as weird as that sounds. And then... There are more lands in the set, which I'm assuming are not full art. So one, uh, three out of every four packs, you'll get a normal land. One in four, you'll get a full art land. And then they also said they'll show up in other places as well. As far as Modern Masters, we didn't get much information. We're pretty much going off the packaging. But the fact that Domri Raid, Stoic Angel, and Grizzlebrand were on the packaging art is pretty suggestive that they're in the set. I don't know if there's ever been a time where they've used card art on the packaging and then not put the card in the set. So I think we can count those as sort of unofficial official spoilers of those three cards. And we'll have to wait and see as far as what else there is in the set. Richard, what do you think? I love the new Liliana art. They they released the Liliana and uh, Gideon 
uh, Planeswalker Arts for the intro packs. Uh, so they, they took out the text, so we don't know what the cards do. Probably something bad, but the art looks amazing. <laughs> uh, they released some of the key art for the characters in Amonkhet. Uh, Liliana, I'm not biased at all. Again, looks awesome. <laughs> uh, but they show some of the Amonkhet <laughs> gods, like the, the cat thing and, I don't know if this is a swan, like a metallic swan and a, a lizard. People are going to butcher me for my lack of knowledge of Egyptian mythology. <laughs> I'm sure these guys have names. But the, the gods look pretty sweet. They're all metallic-y and shiny, and I'm hyped. It's, I'm hyped for new gods. New gods in Amonkhet. I wonder if they'll go Theros route, uh, make them indestructible, and you know, make them actually godlike, or are they just going to be legendary creatures? But that's pretty hype. Full Art Lands, I'm over Full Art Lands. I don't know. These don't do anything for me anymore. Lands are lands. I think I got over flooded in Zendikar block. So they're cool with the horns, but meh, just more Full Art Lands. So I'm really excited about the new art though. And Modern Masters isn't too exciting for me. I don't know. I'm, like Gristlebrand, like, yeah, but like Stoic Angel, I don't even know what Stoic Angel does. Dombi Rod, <laughs> like he's pretty new and like fringe playable like could they not put liliana and snapcaster on these packs how many package arts are there are there usually three only is this I all think of there's only three. Yeah, yeah i think there's only three what does this mean does this mean we're not getting snapcaster we're not getting liliana what does this mean i don't know why is stoic angel here i'm so confused <laughs> i don't know if the packaging has anything to do with what we're what the contents are but it is a little concerning that Liliana's not you know, being represented in any kind of way. So, yeah, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be in the set. At least I hope. Wait, but, so, someone tell uh, me about Stoic Angel. Is Stoic Angel, like, actually a good angel? No. <laughs> no it was played on... I think we played on... <laughs> someone played it on Commander Clash. It's yeah. like four... It's Bant Colors, four mana, three, three, and players it's can a three, four. untap one creature, I believe, each untap step. Oh, dear. Yeah. I really would have liked to see, like, Restoration Angel. Like, I know why there's an angel there to sell packs to new players, but, like, <laughs> there must be more uh, modern playable angels. <laughs> I think, for me, I'm a little bit concerned that uh, we know Grizzlebrand is in, we know Domri Rate, of all things, are in, and both of those cards essentially have to be Mythics, and that means that two Mythic slots are getting eaten up by, like, Domri Rate is just, not good it's not a modern master by any means it just doesn't see play in modern it's not very expensive grizzlebrand would have been sweet like in modern masters 2015 but it's actually not that expensive now because they just had the promo printing and gave out a ton of them so they're not like super exciting when we're hoping for liliana's and snapcasters so it's a a little scary to see the first two mythic slots that are revealed be kind of like average to below average as far as what we really want to see in modern masters wait i figured it out they don't want people to confuse the packs with innistrad packs so they don't put liliana on the front and they don't put snapcaster because it's tiago chen and they don't care about him <laughs> they're gonna reprint him with new art anyway <laughs> so oh they could have used the new snapcaster art though yeah hmm Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, so, we do we do have a new art on the box itself. I don't know what that would be. I'm hope hopefully it's like a pretty good card. But who uh, do you think that is? Planeswalker. I, it could just be like a just a random like could be like mana leak or something. That's not Dak Faded, is it? <laughs> who is no, this? no. This, this is a lot of Planeswalker, I, I, right? I I don't know what character that is, but I know I it's new art. 
I don't think they would put a new card in there. Uh, I I don't know. Raul? Raul Zarek? No. Maybe no. that's the new Snapcaster Mage. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, th- this is not indicative of what I, I we're not hitting the panic button just yet. I'm, but I'm I'm kind of with Richard here. I'm less excited about really modern masters in general, and more excited about the Amonkhet uh, stuff. And like you said, Richard, uh, the packaging looks awesome. The the gods, I guess we're going to be calling them, and and I guess I'm going to be butchered too. I know like a couple like Set and Ra and uh, yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but they look really sweet, and I do I do hope they kind of go with the Theros theme of like they're indestructible. Maybe they're a different kind of of uh, you know card type. Maybe just they just leave them as enchantments or something. I don't know. But um, and the the planeswalker art is is amazing. I mean, uh, even the Gideon's cool. I like how they they adorn themselves with, and I, I think people have talked about this. They kind of the planeswalkers kind of adorn themselves with attire fitting the the plane that they're on. Uh, sometimes, anyway, like you know, you had Jace with like this big investigator's coat on top of like his planeswalking attire, and now Gideon as like a new ensemble. Love the Liliana art. Yeah, for the full art lands, you brought up a really good uh, point there, Seth. Like they do differentiate themselves a little bit from the Zendikar full art lands enough that they're still desirable. Like I personally love the continuity of the horns in the background and kind of like this is Bolas's realm and you kind of sculpted this entire plane to his you know image and you can see the horns from like any corner of the the, the planet or the plane, I guess. Um, and shout out to Titus Lutner, Lunter. I butchered your name. I'm really sorry. On the planes, I'm friends with him on Twitter and did a really good job on that too. But I'm really excited overall on everything. <laughs> I butchered his name. I, I'm excited for them too. I think it's interesting that both Gideon and Liliana, when I first saw them, they reminded me of their original printings. Like Liliana looks sort of like Liliana Vest and Gideon kind of looks like Gideon Jura when they've looked a lot different in recent ones. Uh, one thing I'm a little bit hesitant about is it's more of the same ones. We already have two Nissas in standard. When Amonkhet comes out, it's going to be th- how many Planeswalker Nissas do you need in the same standard format? Hey. Like, can we like give me the same card? <laughs> if you have abilities or something, just plaster different art on it. Give it a different name. So I am still a little bit sick of uh, just the Gatewatch being so prevalent in every single set, but the gods look super awesome. So I'm still stoked. I just, I don't think we need a a third Nissa or like a second or third Gideon in the same standard format. So you can never have too many Nissa of getting sick of the Gatewatch. Do you think a Gatewatch member will die in Amonkhet? Yes. 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 Hopefully all of them. What? (laughs) I I think it might be, I think that it might be Gideon. And I, and I the the reason I say it is because they're they're halfway replacing him with Ajani anyway, uh, because Ajani used to be like the original cycle of walkers that was you know that represented the white color. Uh, so I know it kind of he kind of gone different ways and into green and red and and uh, what have you. But um, I, I think it, Gideon's going to be the one that gets the axe here. Yeah, I think I think it'll be Gideon. Uh, Wizards probably did a survey and people didn't relate to Gideon, so they're probably going to axe him. But mainly, I think, because it's probably white shtick, like, we're going to die a noble sacrifice. You know, Venser is dead. Uh, Elspeth is dead. 
And oh, the only yeah. white planeswalker here is Gideon, so uh, you better plus one and become indestructible because he's going to get killed by Bolas pretty soon. Uh, my only reason I think it might not happen is, isn't that like exactly the Theros story arc wasn't it like elspeth versus the god you know that doesn't need to you know that that was already a few years ago people won't remember that too much i mean i know you remember it pretty vividly maybe he becomes phyrexian (laughs) or something Uh, maybe he gets he gets or maybe he converts like to to the bolas team yeah Yeah. now actually last uh kind of point of order did you notice like maybe i'm the only one noticing and we're just talking about it because i'm just looking at him again the Planeswalker art uh, for the Planeswalker packs, those are not – like, that is not normal art for Planeswalkers. Like, if you look at them again, does that – that looks a lot different than other, I guess, magic art in general. Like, it's almost like they extracted them right from, like, a webcomic or something. Yeah, Did the style is definitely well? brighter and, like, definitely, more cartoony. Right? And I like it. I mean, I like having yeah, I think I like that different too. styles of art. I mean, compare the – the Planeswalker Liliana to their key image Liliana is like night and day difference. And I like both styles. I think I, yeah. I, I like the different styles of art and how the different artists can express themselves in magic. So I like that they're doing that. Yeah, I agree as well. It's almost like those could have been a, I mean, now that they were doing the, the kind of undead thing with the recent uh, Comic-Con uh, promos, it's almost like those could have been like Comic-Con promos. They're not zombies though. <laughs> I know, but they're like, <laughs> like I said, it's almost like they extract them right out of like a uh, a web comic or a uh, a graphic novel. Yeah, no, I think they do look good. Uh, hopefully, I mean, I don't know how popular the Planeswalker decks have been so far. I know on Magic Online they're not very, and I imagine <laughs> they're kind of hit or miss in the paper world. So I think making the Planeswalkers different in a way that maybe catches people's eye yes, in the supermarket yes. lane. Like, I think that's a good thing, even if they're like, make them look like promos almost to hopefully get people to buy the product because the art is so sweet and different. I do think regardless if Liliana's com- like, if these are completely awful, I do think Liliana will be a very popular one, but who knows? I mean, <laughs> we've been getting close with these. It's like, we, we have been here on this podcast covering the very first, uh planeswalker product uh pack or the i guess the cards and there it almost seems like it, each one that comes out is getting a little bit closer yeah, to which, uh, which one of these terrible cards will death. seth declare standard playable <laughs> <Before> <laughs> which one i'm gonna say ooh, maybe maybe gideon gideon has combat abilities he might look decent <laughs> uh yeah well we'll see i actually I don't want to spoil the fish mail too much, but I noticed one of our question was how concerned are you about the uncommons? Because we already have cheap and effective Liliana's yeah. and Gideon's in standard. So if they print like, like they have been in the other planeswalker decks, like a two drop, that's a two, two that becomes like a four three. If you have the planeswalker with the right name, it's possible that those things could actually be standard playable, which is interesting to think about. Yeah, I actually have a fish mail of my own that I wanted to well, – someone asked me that I wanted to throw in at the end. And it, and it kind of actually has to pertain to um, to that. Like what – we'll get more to it in the fish mail. But like what is the overlap here? Like did they – with the slower rotation, is that something that maybe is a byproduct of that? That it's like the Planeswalker cards are somehow better? But um, yeah, you're absolutely right, Seth. With like three mana Lilianas, like if they print something in one of these packs, it could be really good. The good thing is, is um, they usually print uh, multiples in the in the Planeswalker pack, so that's at least 
I still think like the easiest way to sell these decks is just to put playable cards in them that people have to have for standard because then then people will actually have to buy them. We said that when they were first announced and it hasn't happened yet, but I could see that happening. Like put a good uncommon in there that requires you to have to buy the deck to have it for your standard deck Ooh. and they will sell. I still like the Pokemon, Pokemon idea. Pokemon. I, yeah. I still like having them all free to play on Magic Online or you can just redeem them and then have free to play leagues and tournaments. So everyone has to play a Planeswalker deck. So they're actually balanced, and there's a point to this. Oh, yeah. Pokemon does do that, right? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that get boring, though, with only two decks? Well, no, because you have all of them, right? Oh, like all of them ever printed. Yeah. That That could be cool. Like, you can keep even just, like, the stand. Like, I think Pokemon keeps, like, all the standard ones, and they rotate the ones available. So, you know, you, huh. you spend your 10 bucks, buy it, redeem it on Magic Online. Now you can play it on Magic Online as well or buy it directly there. And then you just enter tournaments with them. And you're only allowed these decks unmodified. So it's all balanced. And then you can experience Magic Online for like 10 bucks and have like a legitimate experience, right? By playing like balanced decks against each other. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> I don't know. We play these every time, and I don't know if balanced is is uh, necessarily always true between these decks, but it would be interesting if they had, like, they're doing those throwback pods now, or whatever they're called, the gauntlets of, like, old standard formats. It would be funny to have, like, the, the Planeswalker deck gauntlet. So you pay your 10 ticks, and you get a random <laughs> Planeswalker deck and uh, have, to, have to battle it out. Oh, my. Well, uh, moving right along, actually, now that we're kind of on the subject of... Uh, Magic Online. Uh, Seth, why don't you kind of guide us through the bigger announcement of Magic Digital Next and and what that means? Uh, because it was a pretty... We got more information at least, so the, the sky's not falling on every on everyone, but uh, there's still some uh, vagueness. But, you know, walk us through that. <laughs> All right. So the big news is... Magic Digital Max is apparently not a game. A lot of people have assumed that Magic Digital Max is the new Magic Online or some Hearthstone-like game that's based on Magic. Magic Digital Max is apparently this umbrella term that refers to essentially a new division at Wizards that's focused on digital products and is making all different kinds of digital products or will be. So that's essentially what Magic Digital Next is. We got a screenshot of one of these new pro- uh, products that's going to be coming out we don't know how far long it is or what product it is my guess is it's an update to duels of the planeswalker but who knows it could be something very different but apparently that's what magic digital next is and then we got a very corporate speak heavy announcement from the president that used a lot of sweet buzzwords about shifting paradigms and it reminded me of that you ever see the futurama episode where the 80s guy meets fries like unfrozen and uh and very buzzword heavy and not very enlightening i guess but the big news, they also did mention specifically Magic Online in a positive sense and use the addition of leagues and earlier release dates to highlight the potential of the digital format and what they can do with this new team. So I think altogether, Magic Digital Next is apparently not a direct replacement for Magic Online. It's an umbrella term, and Wizards seemed happy about Magic Online based on the announcements they put out. Those are my two big takeaways from uh, a somewhat confusing and not all that enlightening announcement. Well, they also said full rules engine, which is where all the hype comes from. You see this screenshot of what looks like a modern TCG, 
you know the 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 hand is cut off so it doesn't waste all your space the the land is like nicely arranged uh there's graphics of stuff attacking uh the the table looks nice so it looks like a new duels right it looks nice but then there was a comment that full rules engine right and that is literally everything we wanted right full rules engine up to date ui looks good get aboard the hype train <laughs> i'm all hyped right <laughs> I'm, ready I'm for hyped this. too. My question is: Does full rules engine mean the cards that are currently in standard and moving forward are going to work, or does it mean when you play uh, humility with a Trinisphere on the battlefield and try to brainstorm, uh, that's going to work out properly? So, do you think this is going to go retroactive back to legacy and modern and vintage, or is this like moving forward? We're going to make sure all these things work. I would hope so, but even if it's standard only, that's like a monumental step forward, right? Because if they so, can do standard only, they could theoretically do the rest. So I'm not too worried about that. It might be a stage release, but as long as it's a new UI that actually works, you know, when they say we're thinking about how you tap your mana and stuff like that, right? Like, I hope they actually think about that. <laughs> and new UI, full rules engine, that's everything we wanted. Right, so, like taking the hex or eternal interface or whatever, apply magic cards, and then boom, right, instant success. So, Richard uh, and Chaz, what do you think that that picture, the one picture we got, what is that product? Is that a Magic Online replacement, a new duels, or something completely different, a third project with a different name? I'm going to be hopeful and say that's the new yeah. Magic Online. I, I, I want, I want it to be magic online or mtgo but my gut feeling says a duels game that was my initial take on it it was duels that's my game, gut feeling but who knows but, it could but it's it like richard said i mean else as well right it could be something else it could be not neither of them but i mean it's again it's like richard said and i agree with you it, it's it's what we were pushing for like the entire time we've been talking about magic, the gathering on this podcast, or, and I'm sure a lot of other people too, that we just want the game to, you know, work. Uh, and you, you know, you said rules engine. We want that stuff to work. We want it to not be so clunky. We want it to look good. We want it to be intuitive. Like these are all the things. And when I see that picture, I, like I said, I just hope that is what MTGO looks like because that looks like a game I want to be playing in 27 or at least looks like a game in 2017 rather than like 1999. So, so, you know, there's a lot of things a new, you know, coat of paint can do, whether that's like the only thing it needs uh, remains to be seen, but uh, they did say, so the big thing for me before, you know, everyone pumps the brakes and it's like, Oh my God, what's happening. MTGO. My guess is if MTGO sticks around, like I said, it probably will get a facelift. And when I see, so one of the bullet points here was upgrading to state-of-the-art back-end technology and systems to sustain and constantly improve digital and tabletop experiences. Uh, my guess is they're going to have to make some um, major rehauls, uh, probably just with MTGO in general. So I don't know how the economy is going to look after that, but um, maybe it remains the same. Uh, maybe they change it in some way, but I'm really hopeful and I'm, I'm really uh, at least pleased with what I see so far. So my, my other question was, based on that picture, does that do anything to the time frame? Like, does this mean they actually have this game and they're like playing it at Wizards? Mm. Or could this just be like a mock-up and we're still 
two years or three years away from actually being able to play it ourselves. I'm almost positive yeah. this is 100% Photoshop. <laughs> almost positive. <laughs> right? Because if this um, game was anywhere yeah. playable, you'd have a trailer. You would have, you know, some kind of demo. But this okay. is most likely an artist's rendition. But I, I do knows? think we're way off. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Richard on this. I, I don't think this is close. Yeah, plus the Garrick deck is red and the Ajani deck is green. You're like, why, why would you, <laughs> you know, why would this be your thing? There's clearly some artist who doesn't know what they're doing. They just walk this all together. But yeah, again, I mean, like, like I said, it, it really does wonders like how much of just a, a tune up and a makeover makes MTGO. So maybe they don't have to change anything. Maybe, you know, all this time, you know, they just really build it from the ground back up and they keep everything the way it is and people don't have to worry. You know, just before you go like all fully back in on MTGO without, you know, impunity, uh, do realize that there always is going to be risk with, with um, you know, any online uh, economy or any online uh, assets. Dude, I'm ready. I, I'm so, I was like, eh, yeah, Magic I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I look at this, I'm like, holy crap, that looks like something I want to play. <laughs> they, yeah, they need right? some like, animation this is, this though exactly they need they art i they hope do. they don't skimp on it like i know seth doesn't like it you guys but when something attacks i need to see an angel swoop down and like kick someone because that's why we play magic right you didn't you weren't attracted to the game of magic because yeah there was a force you're like i want zombies and i want angels and i want slivers or whatever right so we have such a different perspective on this. When I first started playing Magic games, uh, and this is very true, for me it was 100% a strategy game. I would have been just as happy if the cards looked like a deck of playing cards and had the same <laughs> like gameplay and strategy. And I've like slowly become more immersed in the flavor and the art as I've been in the game, but I've come from the exact opposite end, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I kind of lo- embraced everything about it. And, and again, this was like before lore and like, storylines or even like a huge thing and I, I think that's why they focused on it because richard had a great point like you're attracted to all this you know you're to fantasy it's fantasy it's based on fantasy and you know you have all these awesome characters and they had books at the time and you're like you want to read more and like just you know try to learn everything about all these characters and the storylines and that's why it's been so predominant lately and they've really focused on that aspect of the game and you know, you do kind of want to see that a little bit. I'm not saying like, as you know, we, we compare the game a lot to, to Hearthstone and all that. But, you know, it is cool when you hear like some bells and whistles and it's not just like you're just staring blankly at a computer screen watching like just cards like tap and like just move like inches when they're attacking and stuff like that. Like you do want to be immersed a little bit. Yeah. I think it's crucial for, for new players, I think. For us, like even you know I want it. That's a great point. You know, after you've seen this animation for the fifth time, you no longer care. So as long as it doesn't slow down the gameplay and disrupt it, it's fine. But for a new player, that's what draws them into the game, right? You want to see uh, Emrakul's band, but you want to see Emrakul like fly down on the board, shadow <laughs> over the board. You want to see like hordes of zombies coming in. You know, those cool Hearthstone animations when you play your your legendaries. Like, you want that effect. Or even, like, Pokemon, when you attack, depending on your Pokemon, the attack animation is different, right? So you want these cool bells and whistles if you're not an enfranchised player because that's what's interesting and that's what's keeping you in this game. And then as you progress to advanced levels, you no longer care about this. You're actually trying to think about how to win the game, so it doesn't matter to you. But for the new player, I think it's very important. So I really hope they actually spend time to do this and they don't just 
kind of make the cardboard game on computer that they actually take advantage of the fact that it's digital and do things that you can only do in the digital space. Yeah, and like other games, there's there's going to be an option for you, Seth. Don't worry. It's called turn off animations, and you just check the box, and you're good. <laughs> you're good. You don't have to hear any voiceovers or, or Taka sounds or anything. I have heard – I've been reading about this a little bit, and apparently you can do that in Hearthstone. However yes. – if your opponent doesn't do it, you still have to suffer through these long leggy turns while they get to watch all the funny things happening. So so my, my can, I'm fine with doing that. If they need to do that to make Magic Online a better game, I'm fine with it. I just really hope that the, the gameplay itself doesn't suffer because of it. I imagine timing out because there's these animations swooping around and being wizards they're a little laggy and they don't work 100 percent. so i gotta sit there for like 10 seconds and watch my clock tick down and lose the match because there's a stupid animation so that's my nightmare scenario so well, if it's implemented it right. well and doesn't doesn't take away from the gameplay i'm fine with it but if there's long delays and 10 seconds ticking off the clock and that's gonna make me crazy and unhappy Seth's gonna set up like a private moto server everyone's on like v8 <laughs> and he's like i'm playing v4 <laughs> i don't want your fancy graphics oh <laughs> uh, yes yes but I um I overall i mean like like i said to me, for someone that hasn't been really super into Magic the Gathering online, like this, this is the stuff I like to see that at least, like, again, it doesn't have to have all the bills and whistles. That would be great. Although some things would be, would be fine, but this is a step in the right direction for me. I don't know if this is, I mean, obviously you're hyped, Richard. So hopefully Seth can uh, endure. <laughs> the uh, coming change. Oh, and if, honestly, this, if this turns hopefully. out to be duels of the planeswalker and. Oh. Bodo looks exactly the same in V5. Like, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Everyone should just like unsubscribe from the podcast because it's going to be the most negative podcast you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> and, and in all honesty, Wizards doesn't need me to be hyped for whatever this is. Like, all they have to do is not destroy my collection somehow and and we're fine like i'm gonna play i played magic online through the worst of magic online days for years and years when it really was a horrible barely functional program so they already got me but it excites me to hear someone like chaz be excited because you're not a magic online player so the fact that this new thing might bring you into the fold and get you playing i think is really good and that's that excites me that it's exciting people that aren't super enfranchised on magic online so i think that part of it's a really good thing yeah i mean really truthfully i am excited and i would like to play mtgo more i mean i really would uh i probably would play it more than i would start or go to lgs's these days and that's just the the honest truth i just i can't do it i can't i'm almost positive that most people in chaz's position it's because of the finance barrier as opposed to the terrible interface. So, so they have to change the model if they want to acquire these people. I think. Well, the good thing is, is mo- like like the the great thing about um, MTGO is it's like a fraction of the cost on almost on basically every level. Um, you know, outside of like drafting and stuff like that. But, but it's still like two three hundred dollars. The before you've even done anything. Yes. Right. That's 
That's well, like well, worse not... than a game. You got like buy a PS4 and a yeah. game or something just to get onto Moto, right? Like right. And but again, I'm willing to spend that if if I know that I'm going to be actively using it. Like it, when I fire up Moto and it's just like, what am I doing? You know, I, I'm not. But you're you're right. Like they're doing this to attract the people like me who are on the fence, and it's like. I want to actually play like a game and not something that's just, I'm just staring at my screen, like no excitement. Like, uh, like what am I doing? It's, I don't know. But again, I- I'm super excited moving along. So a lot of modern this weekend, uh, GP Vancouver and GP Brisbane. Uh, I had that right. Yep. Yes. Those are yes. correct. Okay. Um, what do you guys think? Cause as soon as they're over, we have the, uh, the whole this needs to be a pro tour format again. Look at all these people playing modern this weekend. Yeah. And yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but, but did anyone before, complain about this at all? <laughs> Everyone was like, this no. was great. This was great coverage and, and, diversity of decks. Modern is cool. Awesome. And then it's not, we're not going to see it again for a long time. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't be the case if it was a pro tour format. Like, I think people need to realize it's because it's not a pro tour format that you're watching it and getting this excited. And actually, if you're getting this excited and it's just a GP, like, isn't that enough? Like, isn't, doesn't that fill the need to watch modern, at least on this level? Like, do you really need to go above and beyond to have it at the pro tour? And then you have like these weird bannings and everyone like goes into an uproar, Like, you can't have it both ways. Well, cause I want to see John Finkel versus PV DDR and stuff, right? Like there are certain players that don't show up to Grand Prix. So you yeah, know, but they wouldn't want to play modern anyway. Well, they they have to. <laughs> it's part of the yeah, format. Okay. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, they they do. Yeah, but and, I mean that, I that's simplistic. They brewed new decks and flew to the far side of Canada to play in this tournament. You had a lot of pros there, so if they just absolutely hated it, why would they even bother to do that? You know what I'm saying? Like we saw new decks. The, the Death Shadow Aggro deck was like a a breakout. Yeah, but. It, I guess it's like new, but the idea wasn't new. You know no. what I'm saying? Like that, that archetype has been a, like, yeah, it's played differently, but it's essentially the same thing. I, it's it's a very different deck than yeah, the I, 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 get that. I mean, it's I close to Jund. <laughs> it's Jund yeah, with it, Death Shadow more than Infect not using Infect, right? Sure, sure. But I don't know. I think it was great. I think that. It's really exciting. As far as being a pro tour format, I guess that's another conversation. It is, it is troubling, I guess, to see how popular it is. And then Wizards just turning their back on that. I think I'm not really sure why Wizards would tie their boat to standard and limited, which is incredibly unpopular when it comes to watching coverage. Uh, instead of formats that are actually popular, it seems like the goal of forcing everyone into standard is directly opposite the goal of being a successful esport and getting Twitch viewers and growing the game that way. So it'll be interesting to see how those two competing ideals that Wizards has actually battles out because I think that more modern and legacy events is the best thing they can do for themselves as far as getting Twitch viewers uh, compared to a stale standard or God forbid limited. But apparently that's opposite their goal of making as much money possible uh, through standards. So, so we'll see, I guess. I don't know. The one thing we've learned about wizards in the past year or so is uh, 
there's it's very possible that they will just walk back this change again in the near future because <laughs> they've done that several times. So, mm-hmm. so I'm not really holding my breath. Uh, the thing I wanted to mention was the SCG event. Did either of you get to watch any of that? It was like the greatest the, the event part? ever made. It was that was really awesome. This is how pro tours should be. This is how yes. you make teams matter. You actually have like people fighting for the legacy specialist and all that stuff. Like this is what we need for coverage and for pro tours. And it was probably the best event I've ever watched, just as far as the structure and the format of it. So it was really good. Uh, in terms of, well, then let me let me just kind of ask an honest question here when was the last pro tour you actually really liked like in recent memory either of you i mean or i guess the question's for both of you when was the last pro tour that you watched and you just really loved i like them all but that doesn't mean mm. they can't be better <laughs> no 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 I'm, and I, but like did you love it because like why did you love it because the coverage or just because you're watching great magic like why why that specific pro tour? Uh, I think I'm just hyped because people tell me I should be hyped. <laughs> it's really the okay. frenzy of the community, right? Like, oh, it's a okay. pro tour. Oh, we're staying up. You know, 1 a.m. is when it starts. Better get, you know, better get packed on caffeine. And let's see what the pros are bringing. Let's see what the market is doing. And it's really the festivities around the pro tour. In terms of actual gameplay, yeah, the last one was bland. Uh, the Aldrazi modern one was pretty sweet before we got sick of Eldrazi. So, so I don't know. Gameplay has always been hit or miss, but usually it's the community and the fanfare around the Pro Tour that makes it so special. So so for you, it wouldn't matter what format it was. I mean, as long as it's literally not Mardu Vehicles mirrors the entire way. You know, we had three decks on this Pro Tour, so it was mm. fine until the top eight, right? And when we get to the top eight, it's usually the players in the top eight that make me care. Like, I'll watch, you know... Kai Bude versus Finkel playing Mardu vehicle mirrors all day, right? But when it's like random people playing Mardu vehicles, I'm like, ah, you know, I don't care, right? I like it when it's like, oh, you know, Finkel versus Paulo, the the infamous uh, wolf token block with Kibler and and uh, Finkel, stuff like that, right? Like, I really like the big names in the top eight. And when we're going through Swiss, it's more about seeing the different archetypes and the hype. So, so I don't know that I, I haven't really seen a pro tour where I'm like, this was a waste of time. You know, they, they've all been decent, but I think they can be a lot better. And I think a lot of the the hype is from the community itself rather than Wizards doing anything directly. Well, the, the, the point I was trying to get at is if Modern was a Pro Tour format, I don't th- I, I think you would get the same disdain where it's like, oh, it's stale. Because we were just hearing some of that like not too long ago. Well, the thing is, though, with this format, it doesn't matter. Like you you if you get a bad modern matchup. You don't have to sit through the same infect versus infect match or Mardu versus Mardu. You can watch the legacy match or watch what the standard players are doing. When one match ends, you jump over another one and it actually matters for the outcome of the, the team match. So I, I think that this just solves so many of those problems. Like, with bad formats, cause you have three formats in it. It gives the modern slash legacy people a reason to get excited for the pro tour that maybe they didn't have before. And it definitely makes teams relevant. Like I think it would be so exciting to see teams battling it out to get 
the best legacy specialist on their team. Like they got a great stand. They got Brad Nelson playing standard. Who's the free agent legacy player they can get to their team. That's going to put them over the top. And even better, it makes the best teams have a better shot of winning, which gives you more good storylines. Like when you have three pros on a team, uh, the better team is more likely to win because there's less variance involved in a three match match compared to just one match. So you're going to see more, recognizable pro players later in the tournament which is also good for coverage so so and and i agree with you i love the team thing and it would be amazing so you're you're looking at it as more of a celebration of all the formats at a pro tour right like that and and i do agree it would solve a lot of the problems where you can kind of cut to different things and that would in and of itself would keep the pro tour fresh throughout the entirety of of the tournament where you're kind of honing in on different things. And while I would love that, and while I'm sure the other, both of you would love that because we're older players. The problem is people who are getting into magic who barely know what's going on in the first place. Now you're cutting to all these different decks and they have no idea what's going on. I think you want that. At least though. like what's standard. No, you, you don't want to see the same decks expect. over and over just because it's easier to understand. I think you actually want to see these weird decks. And I think you want new players to, raise an eyebrow when this guy just got killed by infect on turn three and you're like what just happened right and you want them to investigate and you want them to see oh you know you can play merfolk and bash with little fishies or whatever or you can play burn and you know go to their face i think you actually want to expose them to these new formats and if it's hard to understand then we need to improve coverage to you know somehow that's what i was gonna say. explain these decks or keep what cards are relevant up or you know whatever it is right you, you yeah i mean i think you would need to at least triple the the coverage team on that one because you would need a dedicated like a great standard coverage team a great modern coverage team and a great legacy coverage team but i mean i do agree with you i i kind of didn't really think about it until you brought it up Seth. that and i was kind of when i was watching it, i'm like oh this is pretty interesting the way they're kind of cutting around like i didn't think of about it at a pro tour level that it could really solve a lot of the issues um hopefully maybe down the line that could happen but the pro again i just i don't i don't see them propping up the other formats when basically they don't i mean they don't do anything for the other formats in in design like when they're designing these sets they don't have these formats in mind so it's like kind of awkward when they're designing a new set and they're trying to showcase a new set when they cut to a modern or a legacy match and like none of the cards are getting played. Well, well maybe I, they got to stop thinking so narrow. They're not just promoting maybe. this particular set. They're promoting magic in general, sure. right? And, you know, one third of their event will be promoting the new set, but the other two thirds is promoting the other aspects of magic. And, and there's nothing that it just seems like it achieves everyone's goals because wizards could still make standard the primary focus of their coverage. Even with this, like when you do a deck tech, have most of them be standard deck techs. You can um, primarily start off with the standard match of the team format and then use legacy and modern to fill in the gaps. Like they can still make it a celebration or a promotion of the newest set, but this also makes all the modern and legacy crowd happy and I mean, for me, the biggest takeaway is they had two events on yesterday and the difference in the just the coverage was 
night and day. And I know SCG is good anyway, but it was just a much more intriguing format to have these cuts in different formats and always something going on. When with the official Wizards coverage at Vancouver, there were there were some pretty slow times. Like they do a match, it finishes, they go to the pro slides for 20 minutes with a we'll be back message. When on SCG, they're cutting over to see what's happening in this crazy long miracles match in Legacy after the modern or standard match wrapped up. So I at least think Wizards is already moving towards team events. Like they're already doing team GPs and stuff, which are back on the schedule after not being for a long time. And I would at least like to see them take the step there and this, the event was universally loved. If you looked at the Twitter feeds from pros, from people watching it, like I didn't see any negative comments and just outpouring of love, people uh, messaging to wizards, asking if they would get rid of like team unified modern GP and make it this format instead. So I think that it would just be a huge win all around for just about everyone to see this at least be a GP level format. Yeah, I think they could make the pivot. I mean, the, the thing about, you know, doing this podcast and kind of following along with what happens in Magic, you can only really look at the information that, you know, you're given and what you're told and what they're seeing. But this could be like a pivot to what they kind of set their ways in if there's enough uh, sway for them to do so. Like if they kind of look at this, especially with them having a new president and kind of leaning into the, the whole esports thing. You know, you're, I think you're absolutely right, Seth, that if anything, this does highlight the team aspect of, uh, of magic. And, and I think you, you raised a really good question another, a uh, couple podcasts ago, uh, Richard, or maybe last podcast about how do you emphasize, you know, teams in magic? Like what, you know, how do you compare these to other teams of other games, like the Dignitas, the C9, the, you know, these big teams? Well, this is like how you do that when you have all these different players on a team kind of bringing their own specialties to the table. Yeah. So I actually thought about this a lot over the weekend. So Twitch released a job opening for esports manager for Magic the Gathering, which I'm like, huh, they're actually serious about this and we're going to make Magic an esport. And I'm not applying, but I was thinking about this a lot. And I want to get your guys' opinion on this. So StarCraft, StarCraft 2, StarCraft 1. It's essentially a 1v1 game. Uh, you can play like 2v2, but that, that, that's not really competitive. But they have basically a league and team system where you have like, say, a team of four to six players. Uh, you play against each other and you knock out the other players until the other players, uh, the team has no players left and then you win. Right. And every, t- every week, it's like a real league, like the NFL or something where you play round robin, have standings. And then at the end of the year, there's a playoff. Right. So it's not this giant open tournament where you seed 4,000 players and see who can go through 16 rounds and end up at the top. Right. It's this really structured team format that, uh, lets you have the same faces over and over again. It lets you have the same teams. And basically for new players trying to break into the scene, you're trying to break in onto a team as opposed to go through an open bracket. What do you think if Magic just went totally that way, went to a league system? like all the other esports and all of the actual professional sports, as opposed to doing a giant open tournament, uh, you know, every week or every month. So here's the problem I see is I think it could be really cool, but that would require pros to actually be able to make a living off magic. Like you can't, 
do a league every weekend and have real teams if these people have to like miss GP sometimes because they got to work or they can't don't want to pay the money to fly across the continent or the world to go to the next tournament. So I think it could be very exciting. I just don't know if Wizards has the financial will to support pros full time or the ability to like other esports do. Well, let's just assume that if they're taking this seriously into an esport, that that would be a byproduct that they would make pros be able to live off this like they do in other games. Then I think it would be awesome. Like, I think there would still need to be a GP circuit or something where people could have open tournaments. I think that's important, but I would love to see a pro level league that went on for X amount of weeks and had standings in a more structured format. I think that would be really awesome, uh, personally. And, and Richard, I, I do know what you're talking about. I haven't done, I actually haven't looked into StarCraft in a while, but I, I do know what you're talking about. I don't know what the reaction was to that, but I haven't heard anything hugely negative because I would usually pop up on my radar more than just positive stuff. But I'm assuming it was it was well received. Uh, the issue I see with you know more of a long structure like that is with how many releases are you know within a year, like how many sets are really. Uh, it's kind of like a, it's almost like a different. Like each time we would look in, it would be different. Where you have something like StarCraft, it's like the same game most of the time. I mean, they do do little tweaks here and there, but it's mostly like the same game. So you're not like lost, and you're you're not like oh, where did where did that stuff go? I guess I'm pertaining to standard mostly, uh, but I, I do think overall that I, that would probably be a small problem if that if a problem at all. Yeah, I mean, League of Legends has this. They always release sure. patches like every couple of weeks, and then the meta shifts dramatically. And, you know, sometimes people complain, like, you're just about to go to the playoffs, and then they switch the patch, so everything you've been doing the entire season is now irrelevant, and then you're not a true representative, but ignoring that for a second, uh, I, I don't think that's a problem, because Magic players already face this today, right? We watch a Pro Tour uh, every four months, it's a new that's format, true. and, you know, stuff is happening, so it doesn't matter whether that's week four in the season, or week eight in the season, or just Pro Tour one, two, three. But I really hope Wizards is actually thinking about stuff like this and not thinking solely on, you know, how do we make Grand Prix, you know, three-day events or something, right? I hope they're actually thinking outside the box and seeing what every other successful sport slash esport has done. And they've all gone to leagues, right? Because if you want pros, they need a stable salary, right? And currently, GPs are very expensive. you got to fly around the world, right? If you held a league, you can hold it every week in one location. Everyone would move there. And then now it's just cheap, right? Now you just got to pay their salary. You don't have to pay their hotels and their flights and all of that. So I think it makes a very interesting dynamic. And I think it would allow you to gain attachment to pros and teams because your pro is always playing every Sunday, right? He's not playing every Sunday when he happens to get the lucky breaks to make it into, you know, the top eight or day two or whatever. So I really hope Wizards is thinking about this. And uh, it's interesting to see what the Twitch esports manager will do about this. I'm very curious what that job will entail. Like, what are they going to do to bolster esports, especially only at Twitch? Because it seems like it's more in the hands of SCG and uh, Wizards at this point. Yeah, and and to to your point, uh, other I guess large studios would hold off, so I guess they would have to restructure their release schedule. I guess again, but you know they would hold back big patches before a a, a big tournament like this, Richard. But yeah, so so Wizards could really just hold back 
you know, or again, switch their schedule so they know when the re- products are releasing. And then people don't have to kind of get, you know, midway through there's a set that drops and everything that they've been working towards kind of goes up in flames. So uh, I think you're absolutely right. I, I, I This does sound really intriguing. And maybe this is something, you know, as they are consulting uh, people that are well-versed in esports and as they're kind of moving in that direction, a lot of things that we've, you know, have seen are all these changes. And I think you said it's best that that, they kind of pivot and kind of redact or they change uh, their ways uh, yet again, uh, hopefully for the better. Okay. Um, we covered Magic Digital Next. We covered the GPs, um, Amonkhet, all this stuff. Um, did I miss anything? It's time to go gold fishing. Let's go gold fishing. So this is, again, this is a new segment where we kind of just – talk randomly about magic before we get into the fish mail. And I, I don't have a specific topic. So as we go along, uh, we'll kind of get a little bit better with that. But I was doing some, some things that I wanted to at least bring to your attention. Uh, I, I tweeted out earlier. Um, I, I go back to the time spiral block and it seems like there's new car- Like is wizards printing new cards? Because well, I know that the answer is no, but it seems like there's new cards in this block every time I go back and look at this block. Like, did you guys play this extensively? Because I remember playing it, and I don't remember, like, half these cards. Like, there's a there's a split. There's three split cards in red. You know, you have Boom Bust, Dead Gone, Rough and Tumble, and in Planar Chaos, again, the, the, and no other color had these split cards in this block. Like, I did not even remember that. <laughs> Yeah, Wizards was not always uh, consistent with their yeah. design philosophies back then. Incomplete cycles, uh, weird color pie things. I mean, I understand that they kind of wanted to take a different look at design philosophy and like shifting the color pie, but it's just funny when you go back and look at some of these cards. And again, I'm really not kidding. Like, I looked through some of these cards and did not know some of these existed. But again, there was just a a random split card cycle. That's that's kind of how that whole block was, though. Like, there's so many just random cards. There's random split card cycle, but there's also a million old mechanics. There's uh, buyback and cycling and echo and flanking and just pretty much any random mechanic that they could think of. And then there's tons of new ones that have not shown up again uh, in any sets either. Aura swap, absorb, these one-shot mechanics. So I really like it. I think it's a really interesting take on a block. It's definitely odd, but I think we got a lot of cool cards. Like if it wasn't for that set, there'd be so many cards that see play today. Like Damnation is probably the prime example that just wouldn't be in Magic. You know what always gets me? Whenever I play Commander, I get a split card. I think I confuse it, but I cannot. <laughs> like why would you do this? Why would you make split cards that fuse and split cards that don't? <laughs> <laughs> and the, like the the fuse text is like tiny, right? You just basically got to know, okay, dragon's maze or whatever, fusible. So many times, like, yeah, I'll do this. I'm like, oh wait, you cannot fuse this. So bad, punt. <laughs> and did you know that there is an aura? I think it was in Planar Chaos. Let me double check. That gave a creature poisonous three. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wait, did you even like? Do you remember that card at all? I, I just so again, poison is like in fact where you only really give one, into one initiation. That's what it's called. Is that is that how poison works? I don't remember. I Whenever this deals this. combat damage to a player, that player gets three poison counters. A player with ten or more poison counters. But like, I don't think any other card in Magic said poisonous. Like <laughs> as the ability, and this just randomly has poisonous three. There's so many crazy cards in this in this block. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's really a point to this, but uh, I did look at this. So, do you want you want to counter uh, crazy? Uh, I know you tweeted out over the weekend. Uh, set this uh, the few uh, the uh, the expertise cycle deck. Yeah. So you want to counter some nonsense? You use Nyx, <laughs> that horrible card from Planar Chaos. <laughs> counter target spell if no mana was spent to play it for one blue. Hey, that's pretty there good. You go. <laughs> right? actually has use cases <laughs> I, I, again i just i i keep pulling out cards that i have no idea like the poisonous three uh card i don't know so are we it's in really for weird a me. weird block sometime soon like a future site a time spiral so. you know just weird wacky are we getting contraptions or whatever anytime soon are we getting these weird wacky mechanics i would Probably have to not. think uh, I think oh. we've seen some. We've seen some of the, like, Delve was one of the uh, uh, future shifted mechanics from that site. And that actually came back, but I just don't think they are comfortable with sets like that anymore. Like, there was so much complexity in that set and that block, and I just, I don't know if Wizards is going to go back to that. Like, yeah, I not, wish Not good would, for but... new players, unfortunately. Only good for old Grizzly players. <laughs> yes, I, I do. This This almost could just be its own supplemental product these days. Like, I, I think that's where they you would see a set like this. Because, I, again, I, like, Poisonous 3, I, again, I just, I look at some of these cards, I just, like, it's like I'm seeing them again for the first time. Like, what is this card? Uh, oh, man. Did you know about this card? I feel like you would know about this card, Seth. There's, like, Core Dirge. I didn't even know that was a card, and then shrouded lore. Like that seems horrible. Uh, the the dirge one is like a white card that's color shifted to black, right? The black, it, like, yeah. Damage and does something. That card's actually really good in limited. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that. I don't remember the, what the other one does. What does the other one do? It's one black. It's a sorcery. Target opponent chooses a card in your graveyard. You may pay a black if you do. Repeat this process, except that opponent can't choose a card already chosen for shrouded lore. Then put the last chosen card into your hand. That just seems like a lot of work to get one card. Oh, wait, but what if you only have one card in your graveyard? Yeah, see, then does you that mean you just get it back? Get it back? Yeah. That's actually kind of kind of interesting, right? There could be now I gotta do an against the odds with that or something, because that actually sounds sweet. I don't know how to use it, but <laughs> Well, you're you're welcome. See, I'm not, I can't be the only one that is now reblocked. Um, in addition to that, and I'll, again, I'll keep this brief so we can get to the fish mail. I took it upon myself to go back in time, and I don't know why. I think because I wanted to raise the argument that green has always been good in magic, uh, contrary to popular belief. And so this was the first, and you're going to love this, Seth. In 1994 by Zach Dolan, this was Stasis Control, and there was... There was like all these weird cards. And <laughs> you look at this, and this was like an actual actual deck. You have a black lotus, emerald, mox jet, pearl, all so all that stuff. And then you just had two stasis. You had a lay druid. 
You had Birds of Paradise. Like this was really sweet back in the day. I don't know. And then you had Ollie Raid. Um, that's probably a name not many people know that are listening to this podcast. Uh, 1996 Ice Age Alliances constructed. Pro Tour Columbus played four Wooly Spider and four Giant Trapdoor Spider in his list. Like this, this is a list for me. And uh, the the article was by Frank Karsten, the seven worst decks that ever won a Pro Tour, and that was at his number one. So a lot of hate for the spiders. I, I don't know why. Two four OP. Were there three three flyers in the <laughs> format? Is that what was going on? Three one flyers. <laughs> what, even... what was really good in Ice Age and Alliances, Richard? That were flyers. Phantom Monster. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, these weren't the. Oh, what were they? Can't even block Sarah Angel. <laughs> I did. The no, I can. I don't even think most of the spiders actually had reach. Wait, what? Was yeah, it the no, original giant spider two four reach? No. Yeah. Wooly Spider is a 2-5 when it blocked a creature with flying. Oh. So it can't block Sarah Angel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? That's some next level tech right there. And uh, while Trapdoor Spider cannot block creatures with flying, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it could take out it blocks creatures with mountain creatures. That, ca- no. <laughs> that card is so bad. So <laughs> What? It's so bad. It's three mana, and then for three more mana, you can tap it and exile a creature that's a, ta- a creature without flying that's attacking you, and you have to exile itself. <laughs> yeah, but this was back when you can block, like block sack. So you could like block a creature, tap, and remove another attacking creature and tra- giant trapdoor spider. Are you I sure you still damage is on the stack at this point? <laughs> I, I don't know. This like, might have what, been before I, that. I mean, we got interrupts at this in this era still. Yeah. I do think that's how, I mean, that's how Mog Fanatic could take out two twos. Yeah, but Mog Fanatic was much later. My my favorite it, it part. Might, you're right. You might be right. The land is, uh, has 18 lands and it's going up to Jockle Hops at six mana to destroy <laughs> everything. Dude, people that's didn't some, know uh, mana ambitious back deck then. building back in the day. <laughs> it was really ambitious. And, and, so it was. This was a both Ch- uh, Patrick Chapin and Frank Carson. So they both said this, and I read the article um, by Brian David Marshall. I think it was on the Mothership. That was like a. It was like a verbal uh, recollection of like the first Pro Tour or something like that. It was a really good article, and all three of them confirmed that nobody knew Necropotence was a good card until that that Pro Tour. I, I believe that was like, also... Everyone thought it was like a horrible card. Today we learned Chaz can't say Necropotence. <laughs> Crumbling Necropolis. Um, I said... You oh. said Necropolis, actually. Oh, no, I said... Ne- Wait, what? Necropolis. What card are it you talking necropolis? about? No, Necropotence. Crum- oh, Crumbling Necropolis is decent. I don't think that was a... Oh, did I say that? I no, think- I meant Necropotence. What what card are you talking about? Necropotence. <laughs> there we go. I think you said it wrong in a second way, but you have it now. To be fair, no one knew it was good for a long time. Everyone thought it was a bad card. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Alright, I have my own goldfishing story here. This is yeah, why see, this is why we need that Reddit thread. This is why we need the phonetic uh on Gatherer, because I remember someone said necropotence to me one time, and I was never corrected. Was that Seth? And so I kind of always... <laughs> maybe it was Seth. <laughs> it probably was me. Actually, Holy I know how to say necropotence. That's one of the, the few cards I say correctly, I think. 
Damn it, Seth. <laughs> All right, so I oh, yeah, watched John Wick movie. 2 this weekend. Great movie, What's by the way. Fish? Great movie. Watch John Wick 2, especially if you like the first one. But there was a Power Rangers trailer, and Nissa Ravine was in it. I swear to God, the new Rita is Nissa Ravine. I'll post a screenshot, look at this, and tell me that Wizards shouldn't be suing them. <laughs> it is totally Nissa Ravine in Power Rangers. Check it out and tell me I'm yeah, wrong. So- so for everyone that's going to see the the picture, so I'm looking at it right now. Like I said, actually, Richard said it best. Just slap some, like, elf ears on Rita and you got Nissa. And I even went further to say, like, all those, I guess those are the putties these days. But those could all just be Eldrazi. I mean, it kind of looks like a Johnny. <laughs> if you look at the guy on the <laughs> left, that could pass for a Johnny with the mane. Maybe. <laughs> We need a Magic the Gathering movie. We need it now. Where is I, it? I think I think it needs to happen. I mean, this I, looks I, like I, legitimate Nissa, and it doesn't look too cheesy. It doesn't. I mean, I question what the first movie would look like. I, I just hope it wouldn't be too cheesy. But I think they could do something like passable. All we need is passable. They need to do the Brothers War. I wish they would not ignore their <laughs> old lore. <laughs> the Brothers you War know, is like I'm- an actual legitimate story. It'd make an excellent movie. It's your you, great intro to Magic the Gathering and mana yeah. and all that stuff. But instead, you know, we'd get like a Johnny running around hitting people yeah. with his weapon. You know what? It's got to be the Gatewatch. If they make a movie, like there's no way that's not what yeah. it is. And there's no way. Oh, man. You see, for I a movie to be good, good, the source material I think we've talked about that, right? Like it would be, it would actually, it would perfectly fall in line with everything that's going on in movies these days with with all this MCU and DC universe and all these comic book par- characters, like that would be par for the course. Except they have legitimate stories and we have like, oh, yeah. better assemble the Gatewatch. And oh, <laughs> let's go over here. Who's getting unlocked? Oh, better better put him in his uh, his hedrons. Trap him in the moon. <laughs> yeah, trap him in the moon. We got him. Oh, no, didn't defeat him. He just ran away for the sequel. <laughs> she, she, Emeril's a she, sorry. <laughs> Again, I'm not looking like to be wowed or, you know, have awards like Avatar or something like that. We just need passable just to kind of get the, no. you know, people. I'd rather just... have no movie than a bad oh. slash average magic Actually, movie. maybe you're right. That would just first... bury the franchise forever. <laughs> well, if their D&D movie is indicative of anything, I don't know if you've <laughs> if anyone's ever seen the D&D movie. That was, uh, yeah. <laughs> What's yours, Seth? Do you have one? That's okay. Uh, I actually don't. You caught me at the it's last okay. minute. Next week, right. I'll, I'll have something for gold. I, I had two, so I covered you. Don't worry. All yeah, right. I, I, got, I got one for Seth. I got one for Seth. Okay. So we were talking about the Egyptian gods, right? Yes. So there's a Reddit thread. So one of the gods is named Seth. And there is a comment. <laughs> Seth, god of chaos, probably better known as Saffron Olive. <laughs> that, that, was, it, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was really awesome. I did see that. So, Seth, you're apparently a god in Almaket. So, yes. you're not allowed to lose a match. You're not allowed to lose a game. <laughs> you gotta look invincible. Someone <sighs> said that it, it's gonna be the red god, though. And then I'll have to play it, because it has my name. Yes! Uh, red. Uh. Yes! You have so I'm hoping, to. I'm hoping they're wrong, and it's actually blue or something. We're you've never experienced... Wait, you've <laughs> never felt the power of playing a Hellrider? Uh, in cube. Oh. Have you never felt the power of flooding out as mono red and doing nothing? <laughs> or dumping your head and getting wrath the godded? Yes. That is that is probably more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> 
but you can make a total set deck. There's also that set cat or whatever. Set's tiger. Yes, the set's tiger. <laughs> yeah, and then Seth We're got getting, a chaos. We got this. Getting getting close to Seth Tribal. There are there any <laughs> olive cards? <laughs> oh, I can't believe we've Probably never searched not. this. There's gotta be an olive card. <laughs> olive olive branch? I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to look it up <laughs> on Magic Online. All right, let's move into fish mail. So if you have questions, send them to at MTGGoldfish on Twitter with the hashtag MTGFishMail, and we'll get to your questions on air. So from at Shanderson93, have you guys ever thought of doing some no list modern videos? Uh, I think that Channel Fireball did a series of those, and I haven't really thought about it, but it could be a cool thing to try, uh, possibly. Yeah, I, I think Card Kingdom had like a series of tournaments on them with pretty cool posters, and the format was not what people thought it would be. It was not as degenerate as it would as you would think. So that might be interesting to visit. Uh, next question or comment, I guess, from Real Tap Water: Duels isn't Duels of the Planeswalker. It's free to play, has card releases, and open deck building. We should all take a second look. What what was the last like duels product you guys played? Have you guys played the new ones? Um, I have not played the new ones. The last one I played, what was the very first one with the scavenging ooze promo? Was that the very first yeah, I one? Think that's actually just the original duels of the planes. That's the original duels of the planes. I I played that. I, it wasn't bad. I liked it. It's just the problem is it's not tailored for peop for players like us who you know. Well, that that's what the comment is saying. the The new ones right. aren't like the originals. But oh, I, I played Magic Origins, which I believe is part of the new duels. But I didn't play that far. I just played the story mode a bit. Uh, so yeah. we might have to check it out. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's good now. I, I know that they're, the card releases are still limited though, right? It's not just any cards. Uh, I believe there, there's not just any cards and it also has weird deck construction rules where you can only play so many of each rarity in your deck or something. So I don't know. I think if you don't, if you don't play Magic Online, it's probably interesting and fun, but if I have to choose between playing this weird pseudo magic and playing actual magic, it's a hard sell for me to to pick the pseudo magic game. Wait, real question: Is Smuggler's Copter and Emrakul banned in Magic Duels? Can I still play these cards? I don't know. So if someone knows, let me know. <laughs> All right, it'd be interesting to still play Emrakul in Standard if it's still legal uh, in this format. Uh, next question from at Streakus. Isn't push for constructed the root of the problem? If all rares were balanced, we could have more viable decks. Maybe? Mm, yeah, I, I guess. I, you don't, uh, you don't I, want all cards to be good. Because you want the bad cards, right. right? There's always that article from Morrow about why they have bad cards. Yep. But I do think push for constructed is partially a problem. You know, the, the infamous story cards are always uh, a bit too strong. But I think they do want, you know, there are good cards, bad cards, and great cards. So I don't think they ever want to remove that and just have all cards be the same. And, and I mean, some cards are naturally going to be better than others. I think, I don't think that having some cards geared for construction, uh, constructed is necessarily wrong. Uh, I, but I think it's dangerous if you go too far with that. When you get to the point where you have to have this card be a constructed staple, that's when it gets dangerous, in my opinion. All right, from at Run Thunder Snow, do you think Standard would be better if it still rotated every six months but had seven to eight sets in it? Maybe? Mm, <laughs> we get yeah, a lot of maybes I, this week. Yeah, there are a lot of... I don't... See... Uh, I, would, I don't know. 
I I am back on board with the quicker rotation after seeing mm-hmm. the most recent pro tours and just uh, some of that kind of stuff. So I think quicker rotation would definitely have some benefits, especially on the tournament level. As far as having more sets in it, the weird thing is that leads to like weird interactions and more powerful decks. So I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I'd have to think about it more. Yeah, it's, it's always a fine balance. Like the more you rotate, the fresher standard will be, obviously. But as a standard player, you got to keep replacing your deck uh, so soon. And which, you know, how do you balance that? Because Wizards try has tried both ways, right? And the last time they went to quick rotation, apparently no one played standard because they're like, what's the point? I got to buy a new deck, you know, in three months anyway. Might as well just sit it out. So they have to somehow balance that and, you know, <laughs> not... <laughs> You know, the, the the freshest format is every weekend we get a set rotation, right? But your your standard deck <laughs> yeah. uh, is going to be very expensive as you rebuy it every week. So, so yeah, quick, I, I think. Oh, go ahead, Seth. Quick question for you guys: Do you think people were actually not showing up to standard for that reason, or was that just uh, a illusory correlation by Wizards? And actually, it's because of Emrakul and Smuggler's Copter and some of the actual I, format yeah. issues. Yeah, I would have to think it's the latter, right? Like those cards were super good. Like they were too good, obviously, that they needed to be banned, and that can't not be a big part of it. And I think it's probably more of a part of it than you know the cards were rotating too fast. I mean, the good thing is the prices would be at least a little lower because the expectation that all the cards are rotating anyway. The problem is you're still, it, it basically evens out that you're spending roughly the same because you have to, they, it rotates and you have to update your deck. So I don't know. I, I think what they have now is the fine line, although it's easy to say right now that the, the faster rotation would be great. But if, if standard was in a good spot, I think people would be really fine with how it is now. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think you guys are right, but I think the the fast rotation hit on budget can't be ignored. Because I know a lot of people will say, True. why buy the standard deck? I'll just play this modern deck and I can play it for years and years, theoretically, as opposed to having to buy a new standard deck uh, you know, every six months, every 12 months or whatever. Next question uh, from D. Wright Keek. What are the odds that Bulls will be banned as too powerful like Emrakul? So, will Bolas be banned? <laughs> too powerful or too strong? What, what is your guess? Or too powerful or too weak? What, what are your guesses? I'm going too powerful. I think it, I don't know if it'll be banned, but I think it's going to, if anything, it's more likely to be too powerful than too weak. I think it's going to be really powerful, but whether it's too powerful or not powerful, I think the most important thing is the flavor win with this. And this is something that you said, Richard, where. I would love to see the interaction between Nicole Bolas and the Dark Intimations card. Like it, the you have to play that card, and it because you're playing that card, it can ultimate immediately or something like that. Now it could just be like I said, said that the ultimate is too powerful, but I, I think without that, it would be kind of unfortunate. Yeah, I'm gonna say Bolas will be too weak. I think Bolas will be. Uh, you remember the the Golgari Big Garrick? What was he like seven or eight to cast? Apex Predator. Yeah, like yeah. really powerful abilities, but like just way too expensive to play in standard. So you'll see him as a one or two of in sideboards. My guess is that I, I can't see them printing like, you know, three CMC Bolas, right? Like I, I just can't see that happening. So my guess is he'll just be too expensive and he'll do crazy things, but you just can't cast them unless you Etherworks Marvel and that's a real deck. And then that'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, although, again, it could just be not good enough unless you're playing 
dark intimations. Whether that's a, a deck or not will, remains to be seen. All right, next question from at Eric Pug. I always have about half of every standard deck as I draft weekly online slash in paper. What's the best way to convert to a full tier one deck? Uh, decide what deck you want or decks you want, and then probably sell slash trade the cards that don't go in those decks from your leftovers and kind of narrow down uh, to get the cards of the deck that you are trying to build would be my suggestion. All right. Next question from at Nazi13. Would you rather win a pro tour with the jankiest deck ever and never be seen again or be a competitive pro? Uh, jank. <laughs> Definitely. Because I think people remember that. Like, I still remember, oh uh, man, I, I shouldn't have said that because I don't remember his name, but the kid that, wow, the, the top eight of the GP with the demonic pact, uh, the demonic pact harmless offering deck. Like, I still remember his face in that tournament when if it was some pro with a random deck, I wouldn't remember it at all. I think there's a pertinent question. I would rather be, I'm like, all we read was a good player but i'd rather i'd rather be the person that wins with a deck like red green spiders and then just never is seen again yeah i'd rather be one and done being, a, be, being a pro doesn't seem like it's a good thing it seems like it's a lot of hard work for very little payoff so uh, one and done get the glory and then get out <laughs> so yeah janky although if if the new esports representative makes it enticing for you richard are you still inclined or yeah, you just want to make your better. mark and that's it. If you had a guaranteed <laughs> salary as a pro, that would be way better than I hope you spike a GP sometime in the next six months or you can't pay rent or eat any food. <laughs> uh, next question from at Chris Keeler. What do you think of expertise reanimator and modern expertise plus break entering to reanimate cool stuff? Uh, it has potential. It won a GP trial at Vancouver this weekend. And I think Michael Majors played it at the team event I believe he was at this weekend. So it's definitely something that people are working on and uh, we'll see if it actually has legs or not, but I think there's potential there to at least test it out. All right. Uh, yeah. Last question from JDHD rather than Zendikar fetches an Amonkhet. What about vivid lands or God forbid both? Oh man. I Now see this, we actually talked about this last week. This could be, and I got this question actually in a DM uh, Luke uh, sent this to me on, this could be one of those oversights <laughs> where reverting back to the old rotation could have left us with something like this. Uh, I really, I, I'm, if anything, I'm, I'm still on the side of if we were to see Zendikar fetch lands, they would be in October, if at all. I'm just hoping that's the case. So do the full art land reveals, uh, change your opinion on Zendikar fetches in any way for Amonkhet? Mm, no. Now that we know they're in the main set in addition to right. being the promo? Um, not, not really. Yeah, not not especially. Uh, I don't know. Vivid lands, I guess? Uh, uh, predicting uncommon land cycles is pretty tough because they could theoretically just put anyone they wanted in there. Flavor-wise, I don't know if it really fits. Uh, an interesting idea would be the temples, uh, since that oh. kind of lines up with gods yeah. and stuff. So in those, there might be an argument that those would be fine as uncommons. Power I mean, wise. talking about you want the same storyline, might as well just throw in the same cards. As the yeah. Arrows too. <laughs> <laughs> Temples, I mean, I think at least the Vivid Lands, and you could do like a Reflecting Pool. Reflecting Pool could actually make sense. Like you could kind of frame it. 
it's in the middle of the desert and you see a pool and it's reflected off the sand kind oh, so, of mirage type thing oh, oh, did Not, you say desert wasteland reprint yeah or literal desert reprint literally desert <laughs> oh, dust bowl there's so many desert themed lands oh mm. but they're all land destruction that wizards probably won't give us <laughs> no but we could we could get the reflecting pool hey vivid lands and reflecting pool was a pr- it it obviously was good enough to win gabriel and Nassif some games <laughs> all right all right uh fish mail for both of you on the way out the door do you think devotion will come back? Like, is that I the god really mechanic? Hope I hope not. No way. No. Okay. Really? Like, we I get it, know. Seth. You, you want Theros back? We should just <laughs> make it Theros, reskin it as Egyptian. It's like a, it's like a, a Hearthstone patch. Hey, you, you, <laughs> you are the one that was saying Gideon's gonna die just like Elspeth. So oh yeah, that's that. true. That's, that's their, true. that's their storytelling. They can't get innovative with that. But uh, hey, imagine if the Planeswalker version of uh, uh, Gideon was Gideon, ally of Zendikar. On Amonkhet. Yeah. Or it's the Planeswalker's Amon. version, so it's okay. His plus zero is put fetch lands in the set. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i think that's a great place to end the podcast so uh thanks everyone for listening hope you guys uh enjoyed the uh, new segment and uh hopefully we could he- keep doing that going forward a lot of great topics really pumped for Amonkhet. uh it's gonna be great i think i, I think uh i said it last week i'm like really excited i think this is gonna be a block to remember i hope really hoping <laughs> don't mess this up okay That's going to do it here for the MTG Goldfish Podcast. We will see you all next week.